Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Wednesday episode for week 15 of the 2024 NBA season. I'm your host, Carson. Welcome to the show. Uh, welcome back to the show. Whether you've been listening previously or you're a brand new listener to the podcast, uh, would just like to thank you for tuning in. And um, we, you know, thanks. Thanks. We can't thank you enough, I guess. Um, you know, it's really helps keep keep us going of course that's the reason we do it um we're off to a hot start um this is going to be a slightly shorter episode for you today um we're going to take care of our normal wednesday stuff of course our our game segment as has been the case much of this season um is going to be abbreviated because it's just me on the episode today of course um but regardless we're we've got you know some plenty of action to to talk about from the last couple of nights. So, so let's waste no more time. Let's go ahead and jump right into that with our game summaries, uh, our six men and our key news. All right. And we're going to start on Monday night with the, Cleveland Cavaliers hosting the LA Clippers who had been on a five game win streak. Of course we know uh, since really since November, the Clippers have been a very hot team and they've continually been rising in the Western conference. Um, But the Cavaliers in their own right have been hot over their last uh, several games. They had won nine of their last 10. Well, make that 10 of their last 11 with a 118 to 108 victory at home against the LA Clippers, the Cavaliers looking impressive. And as we've talked about uh, in recent weeks with Cavs, the Cavs winning and um, you know, they're doing with doing it without some of their key players, but the best part is they're getting some of those guys back and they got one of them back for this game. It was a return of Evan Mobley who had missed several weeks with injury. He started in this game played, I believe limited minutes, but um you know, close game throughout. Um, there was no double digit leads until the fourth quarter. Um, and that was Cleveland that had that lead. So back and forth affair, 10 different lead changes, but Cleveland able to control things in the end. Um, they had the advantage on the rebounds as well. Um, otherwise the team's pretty competitive in this. And again, they're two hot teams. Um, so a big win for Cleveland to be able to beat this Clippers team. You look at the box score for the Clippers. They were led by Kawhi Leonard, 30 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Pretty solid all around. Paul George with an off game, uh, 13 points, uh, 27% from the floor, missed all five of his three-point attempts. Um, was still productive in terms of, you know, five boards, two steals, a block, doing those type of things, but just struggled to shoot the ball. Uh, in this particular game off the bench, they got some good scoring to make up the difference. They got 18 from Norman Powell, uh, who made four of his seven three-point attempts. They got 13 from both Russell Westbrook and Amir Coffey. Um, and then starting lineup, they got 11 points, 10 assists, and seven rebounds from James Harden. Again, not a terrible game for the Clippers. The op night from Paul George certainly was a factor, um, but you got to give credit to Cleveland. All five starters in double figures being led by Donovan Mitchell, 28 points, 12 assists, two steals, and a block. Um, He's doing that combo guard role with Garland out, um, distributing and scoring, and it seemed to be working lately. Um, But great supporting play from guys like Jared Allen, 
20 points, 17 rebounds, a steal and a block as well. They got 17 points from Isaac Okoro, 14 from Max Struess, and then 10 points, nine rebounds from, again, Evan Mobley returned to the lineup, played only 20 minutes. Um, they're going to ease him back into things. Off the bench, Karis LeVert had 13. George Niang had 10. Um, so it's great to see for Cleveland. Um, you're getting Mobley back, and as we'll talk about in the news, they're getting some more of that help back <clears throat> in short order. And um, the East now with, um, you know, New York is right there with with Cleveland as far as a top team in the East. Um, and uh, Philly has fallen a bit. Things, there's a little bit more room to to jump up into a high order in the East than there was earlier in the season. Of course, Boston has the top spot. Um, but there's some more volatility with teams like Milwaukee and Philly um, and the teams like New York that have jumped up uh, have been more recent. So it'll be interesting to see this back half of the season, a little less than half the season, uh, who's going to for sure claim those spots, how the seeding will end up at the end of the year. I think it'll be a little more intriguing than maybe we thought earlier in the season um, when things were going much more to order as far as, oh, it's Boston, then it's Milwaukee, then it's Philly. So interesting stuff. Again, great win for Cleveland. That's the first game uh, that we wanted to talk about. The They beat the, the Clippers. They snapped that win streak, and they, again, continue. Ten of their last 11 games, the Cavaliers have won. One of Maybe the hottest team outside of New York uh, in the NBA, those two teams right there in the standings. So um, that's our first game. Let's jump to the next game for Monday night. And this was a doozy. We were talking about this last week. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves, the fourth and final game of the season series. Divisional opponents, but also arguably the two best teams in the Western Conference. So there was a lot to play for here. The Thunder had the two to one series lead, despite the Timberwolves most of the year, pretty much the whole year, being slightly better in the standings. Recently, the Thunder had either taken the lead or tied the lead uh, at a couple of different points. And so going into this game, uh, winner would have the possession of the the top spot in the Western conference and credit to Minnesota. They respond. They um, end up splitting the season series, two games uh, a piece final score, one Oh seven to one Oh one for the Timberwolves in Oklahoma city. Um, with this win, the Timberwolves reclaim first in the Western conference, the thunder fell to the third spot um, due to the next game we'll talk about. We'll get to that in just a moment, but big win um, for, for the Timberwolves to keep things very much locked. Even, you know, we talked about last week, if the thunder won this game, it would be very intriguing to see if that would be a turning point where the thunder would be the better team going forward for this, the rest of the season. Um, But now it's like, well, I'm not sure who's going to finish on top or if they're going to finish tied or what the deal is because they have seemed very evenly matched and have some similarities. Um, 24 lead changes in this game back and forth the entire way. Um, Minnesota had bigger leads in the game, um, especially in the second half. So that was perhaps a difference, but um, yeah, I mean, rebounding as well, rebounding and, and field goal percentage. Um, Minnesota did come out ahead in those factors. So, uh, certainly some some stats to consider as far as the game goes. Uh, when it comes to box score for the Thunder, uh, looking a little more one-dimensional than you'd like to see. Uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander had 37 points. 
eight assists, seven rebounds, two steals, um, 55% from the floor, two of three from three-point range, made 15 of his 16 free-throw attempts. We know that SGA is dominant. What worries you a little bit with OKC is the last few games, um, at least games that we focused on a little more in detail. Seems like he's doing a lot kind of on his own. They got 20 points from Jalen Williams uh, at the Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, that is, and then 13 from Josh Giddy. Only four points for Chet Holmgren. Holmgren did have seven boards, three blocks, so still productive, but um, that's a slight concern. They haven't seen as balanced a scoring in some of these recent games, so just something to consider. But again, they're facing a tough Minnesota team. All five starters scored in double figures being led by Anthony Edwards, 27 points, four boards, four assists. Um, I believe becoming the third fastest uh, or third youngest player in NBA history to reach 6,000 career points, something to that um, effect. So congratulations on that. Mark, he was three of five from three point range, 50% from the floor. They got 21 points, 10 assists, or excuse me, 21 points, 10 rebounds from Carl Anthony Towns, who also had a steal and a block, Um, 14 points for Jaden McDaniels. 12 points, 18 rebounds for Rudy Gobert with a steal and a block as well. 12 points for Nikhil Alexander-Walker starting in place of Mike Conley and then 10 points off the bench from Jordan McLaughlin. Um, With Conley out, maybe that's been a a cause of concern in terms of, you know, why the Timberwolves have have dropped some games lately or why that gap closed between the Thunder and the Timberwolves. Um, And it, you know, it's not like we didn't have questions about Minnesota and OKC um, at various points in the season, more generally the the youth factor or um, lack of playoff experience factor, more so on the Thunder side of things. Of course, the Timberwolves have made the playoffs uh, within the last couple of seasons. Um, but, you know, Anthony Edwards is still a very young player. Um, a lot of the Thunder roster is young. The makeup of the Timberwolves is, you know, it hasn't been together that long. So there's, there's a lot of things that have been question marks for both teams, but they've still been very good. These are just, you know, the, the nitpicky things when you're talking about teams that have been so good in the regular season and have been top teams that you get to, well, what, what are they going to look like for the playoffs? Because that's the expectation at this point, these should be two of the better teams in the Western conference. Um, And so anyways, yeah, credit to Minnesota, they, they even up the season series. They retake the lead in the West. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show, the, the tightness of the West race, especially at the top. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and move on to our final game from Monday night. Um, the uh, third team, as far as the top three in the West, a team that fell to second after this win um, because of the whole Minnesota-Oklahoma City thing. But the Denver Nuggets won at home against the Milwaukee Bucks, 113-107. to your final Monday night. A couple of key storylines, of course. This was the coaching debut for Doc Rivers with the Milwaukee Bucks after that whole shakeup last week. Finally got to start with the team. But again, Denver wins. And with that, um, the the other head coach, Michael Malone for the Nuggets, he claimed his 400th career win uh, for the Denver Nuggets. So he is quickly accelerating up that career coaching wins uh, type of category pretty underrated as far as what he's done in Denver um, over his career, especially of course, winning a championship last season. Um, 
nine lead changes in this game, fairly back and forth. Early on, Milwaukee had a phenomenal first quarter, from, but from that point, um, it was very competitive, but Denver kind of controlled that fourth quarter to to claim the victory in this one. And um, they did it despite 22% shooting from three-point range. Definitely uh, a struggle there, but they shot a little bit better overall from the floor. So, you know, that'll make up for it, I suppose. As far as box score, Milwaukee was led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, 29 points, 12 rebounds, a steal and a block. Of course, our reigning weekly MVP still getting it done for the Bucks. there. Uh, Brooke Lopez had 19 points on five of nine shooting from three. They got 18 from Damian Lillard, 14 from Chris Middleton. And then off the bench, Bobby Portis had 12 rebounds. Meanwhile, for the Nuggets, they were led by Jamal Murray, 35 points in this game. Uh, they got 25 points, 16 rebounds, and 12 assists from Nicole Jokic, not to mention three steals and two blocks, one of the more complete games in terms of those defensive numbers that we've seen uh, certainly this season. We got 13 points, eight rebounds from Michael Porter Jr., and then 12 points from Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So Murray and Jokic really leading the charge for the Nuggets. Um, neither team with a huge you know, spread of offensive firepower in terms of this game's production. But, you know, big win for Denver in this one. Um, for for Lillard, of course, this game is a precursor to a game that's going to mean a lot to him. Uh, tonight, returning to um, Portland to, to play in Portland as a visitor for the first time in his career. Um, so that's a big storyline. But for the moment, it was a big win for, for the Nuggets. Um, these two top teams that are teams that you could have in a conversation, you can make arguments about um, they could, it could be a finals matchup as far as at least two contending type teams in each conference. Um, So a lot of interesting stuff there. Again, the doc rivers thing, I'm super intrigued to see how that plays out for um, Milwaukee, because again, as far as regular season record, they seemed fine, but plenty of, people around the league and especially around the bucks um, were clear on the fact that they felt Milwaukee wasn't a fully prepared team or was just a team that was, was getting regular season wins, but may not be well-suited for a playoff uh, situation. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, for the moment, uh, Denver right there with Minnesota and Oklahoma city as the top team in the West, Milwaukee looking for their first win, with their new head coach, Doc Rivers. So let's go ahead and move into our final two games uh, from last night's action, starting with this one. Um, First of all, of course, as I've mentioned, I'm a Jazz fan, so I'm disappointed in this, but I have to give this team props for the run they've had and give myself props a little bit, but we'll get to that um, detail a little bit later. But we'll go ahead and start with um, the New York Knicks, Winning at home against the Utah Jazz, one eighteen to one hundred three, the final in the Garden. First of all, that's New York's eighth straight victory, which is the largest or longest rather streak in the NBA at this moment. Um, it was, you know, the Clippers, but now it's New York. Um, I think New York had actually passed, had a longer streak before the Clippers did, but um, yeah, eight straight wins. And they completed their best January in franchise history, which 
you talk about the lengthy history of the Knicks. I know there's been um, a lot of not great Knicks teams, um, but there's also been a lot of phenomenal Knicks teams. They've had up and down, but they they've they're one of the long long term franchises, and they've had you know the '70s teams, a lot of great '90s teams, um, and especially early on, you know they had some some of the best teams in basketball in the '50s going to the finals. Um, but yeah, they just had their best January in franchise history. Um, let me see if I can find the exact number here. Uh, yeah, record for regular season victories in uh, yeah, fourteen wins, two losses. Um, and again, an eight eight game win streak. A big part of that. Just had to find that stat for you. Um, a big part of it also was uh, Dante Divincenzo in this game, a career high nine three pointers. Um, and a big part of that also the second half explosion of the Knicks. Uh, Jazz cut it to within a couple of points beginning of the third quarter, and then the floodgates opened. Knicks led by as many as 25 by the end of the third, and that's kind of all she wrote as far as the result of the game is concerned. Um, Looking at box score, let's talk Utah real quick. Colin Sexton with 22 points, 7 assists, 2 of 4 from 3. 15 off the bench from Keontae George, 14 from both Simone Fontecchio and Larry Markinen, and then 11 each from both John Collins and Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson off the bench, Collins with 11 rebounds as well. Um, as a team, they shot 45%, 33% from three. Um, okay-ish. New York was a better percentage team, but again, they had more balanced scoring as well, more opportunities, um, a couple more opportunities rebounding-wise. But, um, I mean, again, DiVincenzo starting alongside Jalen Brunson, 33 points with those nine of 15 three-pointers made, um, five boards, four assists, four steals for DiVincenzo as well. That was also a factor. Um, yeah, what was the turnover situation here? 14 turnovers for the Jazz, five turnovers for New York. So that was a little more of a factor than the rebounding battle. Um, Jalen Brunson, 29 points, nine assists on some solid percentages. So Brunson and DiVincenzo combining for 60-plus Um and then they had four other double-figure scorers outside of that. Uh, Precious Achua starting had 18 points, um, 14 points and 12 rebounds from Isaiah Hartenstein. And then Josh Hart with a double or a triple-double, actually. 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists with two steals, two blocks, not to mention 12 points off the bench from Quentin Grimes. And again, most impressive, best record in January in franchise history, eight straight wins. And you know what the best part of it is? And I, I'm so happy that this is happening on the last episode of this month, January 31st, because I made a weekly prediction. Yes, I'm going to go back to this. Uh, during week 11, that the new look, the, the new look Knicks will leap into the top three in the East by the end of January. And what do you know? Number three in the Eastern Conference is the New York Knicks, 31 and 17, a game ahead of both Cleveland and Philadelphia now for the third spot, just behind Milwaukee and Boston. And you know what? I have plenty of predictions where I'm either not quite there or I'm just completely wrong. I that was a slam dunk prediction. And I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Um, kudos to me. So that's my uh, anyways, that's my little point. We'll see if I can follow it up with uh, this week's 
weekly predictions, see what I can come up with there. But otherwise, again, hugely impressive. I'm curious to see with the Randall injury, of course, he did not play in this game or the game prior, um, how that will affect them going into February. That's going to be an uphill battle. Um, they've already had the loss of Mitchell Robinson and they've played better since then. Not, you know, a fault of Robinson. It's just, they were able to rally and, and get a groove going. So without Randall, I think it's going to be, um, a, a challenge in February, Hopefully he's able to return sooner rather than later. But for the moment, they're one of the best teams in the East. Full stop. You know, they've earned it. They've had a great run, especially in January um, and a great win for them again at home at my expense. But they they got it done. And then finally, we'll wrap up the games. Uh, we're focusing on a little more in detail with um, the Boston Celtics hosting the Indiana Pacers winning narrowly 129 to 124 despite a hot start in the game um kind of a story for the Celtics you know you look at the flow of this game the Celtics were up by as many as 20 in the first half thanks to a franchise record 81 point first half and then they just let the Pacers right back into it Pacers took a brief lead uh, towards the end of the third quarter and then the Celtics fought back to to win the game um in a situation where you wonder why they needed a fight back second half stats uh, Pacers outscored the Celtics 58 to 48. Um, they shot uh, the Pacers actually shot worse percentages. They were a better rebounding team. Um, they had twice as many assists. Um, so less almost a third of the turnovers as well. The Pacers had so it's it's just a question of you know letting the game kind of slip away from them for the Celtics um and again of course we know they've been uh, the best team in the NBA and especially at home despite a couple of recent losses they've been phenomenal but the concern is when you have such a hot start and um especially at home you're taking care of business and you have such a uh, you're you're blessed with this richness of talent. You know, the fact that they have Holiday, they got Holiday as an afterthought to add to Tatum and Brown with Porzingis, who we know how good he can be when he's got it all put together. Derek White um, continuing to be an overachiever with his level of play. Al Horford coming off of the bench. Um, they've got s- such a great level of talent in that building that we know they're going to win so many games. And so the challenge becomes um, the discipline to, to get the wins when you have them secured and to not let them slip away. And so that's a concern perhaps for, for Boston. Let's give some credit to Indiana though, for making a run at it. And uh, the former Celtic Aaron Neesmith, 26 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists, four of seven from three for him. And, with the Siakam trade, I like this byproduct of Neesmith kind of having a chance to lock in a starting spot as a glue guy, as a, you know, do everything hustle forward, um, who can hit shots when he needs to and, you know, isn't relied on as a scorer, but can, you know, fill a, fill a, a role and hit an open shot when he gets the ball. Um, but he complements the other guys. And, you know, Siakam has 23 Halliburton, again, minutes restriction, 
getting back into the lineup, 13 points, 10 assists, Halliburton distributes, and Siakam takes more of that scoring workload. Then they've got shooters. They've got scorers on this team with Heald having 12 points in the game, Nemhard with 15 off the bench, Obi Toppin with 11 off the bench for that scoring forward. And then Miles Turner, of course, at center, 17 points in the game. Um, I like the makeup here of this Pacers team, and we've talked about it a lot with them. Um, the consistency hasn't been as great as I'd like to see, but um, I just think that this team has a ton of potential for not just this season, but the next couple of seasons, if they can keep this kind of structure going. Um, I think it's really exciting in Indiana. But, um, yeah, all around, they they had some some offensive firepower, and especially that second half, they wanted to see if they could catch the Celtics off guard. They gave them a great run. Um, of course, they had beat the Celtics in the in-season tournament. looked like you could see a bit of a deja vu there, but the Celtics do have the talent to pull through and to get wins. Give some credit to Jason Tatum, 30 points, seven boards, seven assists, great percentages in the game, two blocks and a steal as well. He stuffs a stat sheet in this game. Um, Jalen Brown had 25 points, six boards, two steals. Uh, Derek White with 24 points. Drew Holiday with 17 points, um, four assists, three blocks, and a steal. Kristaps Porzingis with 17 points, 12 rebounds. You know, those starters all did their job. Uh, they got some three-point shooting off the bench from Sam Hauser. Uh, Peyton Pritchard ran the offense well enough. And um, they have the talent. You know, that's just the, the small concern, and we, we've seen it in moments in the, the postseason as well where – you know, do they have the total um, locked in focus? Maybe is the wrong word, but more just the complete knowledge of, you know, day to day, hour to hour, a playoff run and a championship run, what it takes to be able to actually win a championship in terms of the, you know, running a system exact and all those kind of things um, that we can only. I can only at least uh, assume uh, how they generally run. But uh, for the moment, Boston still got the win. Um, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot too much. And uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. Kind of rambled a bit with some of those games, but we'll make up for it. We'll run through the uh, remaining games fairly quickly here, uh, starting with the other Monday games. The the New York Knicks won in Charlotte against the Hornets, 113-92. to uh, Jalen Brunson with 32 in that game. The Phoenix Suns won in Miami against the Heat, 118 to 105. Uh, Eric Gordon with 20 off the bench, along with Booker and Durant having uh, 20 or so in that game. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets won big at home against the Utah Jazz, 147 to 114. And Ben Simmons, in his return from uh, an injury, um, lengthy injury absence, near triple double in that game. Also, quick note I forgot to mention with that Miami game. With that loss, that's Miami's seventh straight loss, which is the longest that they've had under the tenure of Eric Spolstra. Um, concerning for Miami, and it could be a talking point going forward here. Um, also on Monday, the Boston Celtics won at home against the New Orleans Pelicans, 118-112. to 112. The Washington Wizards won in San Antonio against the Spurs, 118-113. to 113. Um, The Sacramento Kings won in Memphis against the Grizzlies, 103-94. Damanis Sabonis with 26 rebounds, a career high, which also tied Chris Webber for the uh, Kings record as far as Sacramento era specifically uh, rebounds in a game. 
the Houston Rockets won at home against the Los Angeles Lakers, 135 to 119. Um, Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun combining for 60-something points and 20-something rebounds. It's like the youngest duo to have 30 and 10 each in a game, something to that effect. Pretty remarkable stuff for them. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks won at home against the Orlando Magic, 131 to 129. Thanks to Aluka, 45.15 assists, nine rebound performance, near triple double. And of course, all sorts of records in that game as well. Uh, first player to average a 40 point triple double across a six game span multiple times. Uh, first player with multiple 45.15 assist games, all that kind of stuff. It, it's it's always impressive. It gets old in its own way, which is funny because it's even more a testament to how impressive Luca is. Um, but again, just more more records as the Mavericks uh, stay winning. So win there. And then finally, the Portland Trailblazers won at home against the Philadelphia 76ers, 130 to 104. Those are the other games from Monday. Finally, three other games from last night. The Atlanta Hawks won at home against the Los Angeles Lakers, 138 to 122. The Toronto Raptors won in Chicago against the Bulls, 118 to 107. And then finally, the Golden State Warriors beat the Philadelphia 76ers in San Francisco, 119 to 107. Your final score there. Some concerns for Embiid as far as potential injury. Hopefully it's nothing severe. Um, and we'll certainly keep you posted on that. Otherwise, that's it for the game summaries. Long-winded, but we'll jump into the news real quick as well, starting with some transactions. Uh, the New York Knicks signed forward center Taj Gibson to a 10-day contract, so he's back on the roster. And then the Memphis Grizzlies signed center Trey Jameson and forward Tosan Uwoma. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. I looked up the pronunciation there uh woma to 10-day contracts uh both of those guys uh so they're getting a little bit more front court help for for a couple weeks um a fine minnesota timberwolves guard anthony edwards was fined forty thousand dollars for criticizing officials following monday's win in oklahoma city against the thunder uh the quote is repeatedly uh criticizing officials um he at the very beginning of the interview said I'll I'll accept the fine because and then goes into oh they didn't give us the calls all this kind of stuff so he got fined for that um, and then injury update for the Cavaliers in uh, a positive sense Darius Garland is set to return tonight versus Detroit and again back on that point Mobley's back now and Garland set to return tonight that's two young either former all-stars or all-star potential type players returning to aid Donovan Mitchell with a team that has already been winning a lot over the last several weeks. So scary stuff for opponents of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're really starting to get a groove uh, lately. So watch out for that. And then finally, a bunch of NBA specific items, starting with uh, the announcement of the top selling jerseys and uh, team merchandise from the the first half of the 2024 season uh, as far as highlights top selling jerseys curry is number one tatum number two and lebron number three i would think lebron would easily be one or two but kind of surprised there victor Wembanyama fourth Giannis five and then you've got luca booker durant tyrese maxi at number nine was pretty high higher than Embiid. Uh, interestingly enough lillard at 10 morant at 11 uh lamella ball at 13 Jokic, fox 
your top names there as far as jersey sales. And then top selling teams, uh, not really a surprise. Number one, Lakers, two Celtics, three Warriors, four, the Bucks. Um, five was who was five here? Uh, the Sixers at number six is Chicago Bulls. Bulls are always in the top 10. Um, Suns, Knicks, Spurs, the like. So there's some updates there on, on top sellers in those categories. Then um, the Panini Rising Stars player pool was announced um, just yesterday, I believe, as well. So either yesterday or Monday. Um, so here's the player pool for the Rising Stars game. Of course, they the way they do it lately is drafting four different teams, and they have players from rookies to sophomores and a bunch of G League guys as well. Here are the rookies, first of all. Actually, let's start sophomores, returning guys, sophomores. You got Paolo Bencaro, Dyson Daniels, uh, Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, Walker Kessler, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Jabari Smith Jr., and Jalen Williams. And again, that's Santa Clara Jalen Williams for the Thunder. For the rookies, Bilal Koulibaly, Keontae George, Jordan Hawkins, Scoot Henderson, Chet Holmgren, Jaime Jaquez Jr., uh, Derek Lively II, Brandon Miller, Brandon Pajemski, Kason Wallace, and Victor Wembanyama, your rookies. And finally, the G League players selected uh, Izan Almanza, Matthias Buzelis, Ron Holland II, um, Mac McClung, Tyler Smith, Oscar Sashibwe, and Alondis Williams. And again, hopefully I'm pronouncing all those correctly. There's a couple G League guys. I'm not ultra-familiar pronunciation-wise, um, but it's an eclectic mix. Of course, McClung is also going to be likely in the dunk contest as well. So that's something to watch for. And in terms of contests, there's one more being added to the All-Star Weekend. The NBA announced a Stefan versus Sabrina challenge. Um, Sabrina Ionescu of the WNBA, uh, of course, had a, a pretty viral and uh, historic three-point contest in last year's WNBA All-Star Weekend. So they're going to have her go head-to-head with Stephen Curry in a, a one-off, I believe one-off, three-point challenge in this year's All-Star Weekend. So that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see how that uh, plays out. And uh, otherwise, that is it for our key news. Let's go ahead and jump into our last couple of segments, which are going to be much more brief uh, to wrap up the show for you, starting with our game segments, which we haven't done in a while. Yes, here we are. We're back. The last time we did a game segment was a couple of weeks ago, at least. Actually, it looks like three weeks ago we did a segment of Justin's Showdown. We talked about the classic matchup of 80s teams, the 86 Celtics versus the 87 Lakers. Um, we haven't done our 20 guesses, at least our, you know, shades of 20 guesses uh, since, oh, it was before Christmas break. So it's been quite some time. Um, we had, you know, Tony Parker and Stefan Marbury picked as a couple of players uh, for our 20 guesses segment. We have one player this week. And again, it's different where um, it's just me on the show for you. Normally with my co-host Wyatt, we'd be able to, you know, play it with each other as far as one person picks a player and gives the 
reads the career stat line to the other person who tries to guess who that player is. They have 20 guesses to do it. There's lifelines like accolades and, and teams played for things of that nature. Um, and so the way we'll do it this way, the way we'll do it in this case rather, and the way we've done it in the past when it's just been me is I'm going to give you the career stat line for this player and I'll read off some accolades as well. And I'll then pose it to you to get, you know, see if you can guess who you think it is. And um, we will post the answer on our social media platforms. Good chance for us to plug those real quick. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at crossover across time. Pretty straightforward on Twitter. We're technically X over across time due to the character limit, but uh, searching us, you should still be able to find us. I hope. Um, But regardless, the player we're going with has a pretty impressive career stat line of 20.3 points per game, 10.3 rebounds per game, 1.8 assists per game with 0.6 steals per game and 1.1 blocks per game. So again, that's your career stat line Uh, per game averages 20.3 points, 10.3 rebounds, 1.8 assists. Points, uh, 0.6 steals and 1.1 blocks. So that's the career stat line for this player. As far as accolades are concerned, um, this player was an ABA MVP. That'll limit things a good amount, but um, there was a lot of M- MVPs in the ABA um, and they are similar in some ways in terms of, of play style, maybe, or at least stats they got a lot of. Um, he was a five-time all-star, four-time all-NBA, and a one-time all-ABA player, and a one-time champion. So there's your career accolades uh, for this player. Again, we will have the answer posted on our social media pages uh, tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. But otherwise, again, that's a real brief version of 20 Guesses, so let's move on to our latest weekly prediction. Weekly predictions. Okay, again, I've kind of set a bar high for myself with, uh, you know, how much I was excited about my correct prediction from this month. This one, I'm going to go a touch more long term in terms of at season's end. We'll see if this uh, rings true. But just taking a look at the standings, um. Again, Western Conference, that was a talking point with our, our game summaries. The fact that um, the top of the, the West is very close right now um, with the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, and the Thunder being 1-2-3 at the end of at least Monday's action. That may have shifted a bit. Nope, still the same at the moment. Those three teams separated by just one game. Um, and you only need one more game to go to the fourth spot, the Clippers, um, only two games behind the Timberwolves for number one uh, at 30 and 15, Timberwolves 33 and 14, uh, Nuggets a half game behind uh, the Timberwolves. So they're all right there in that mix. Then there's a touch separation. The Kings are at five, five games behind the Timberwolves. Um, so especially with less than half the season to go, I don't think this prediction is too crazy. Um, but I'm going to say that we're going to follow the same kind of trend towards the end of the season. My prediction is at season's end, the West's top four teams, the top four, will be separated by five games or less. I think it's going to be a really tight-knit uh, group, very close record-wise. 
which will lead to a super intriguing uh, Western Conference playoffs, um, if that's the case. You, you think about this top finish, Timberwolves 1, Nuggets 2, Thunder 3, and Clippers 4. That would be super, you know, not what we expected. We expected um, Nuggets for sure and and Clippers maybe. Um, we expected Timberwolves to be improved and Thunder to be in a playoff picture, but we probably more expected the Lakers and the Warriors and the Suns especially to be in the top four and five uh, Kings as well. So um, that, that makeup is super intriguing. Um, I think it'll probably be pretty something pretty close to approximating what we have now, as far as the teams are concerned. But again, top four teams will be separated by five games or less at the end of the season. That is my prediction for this week. So we'll see if it comes true again. Um, we're going to start checking on our predictions a touch more, or at least, you know, having a clear picture week to week, which predictions are worth checking in on, um, which maybe have already been disproved and, and chatting about that. Cause there's been plenty of episodes where we've glossed over that. Um, so definitely be prepared for that in the future. But for now, we'll uh, pretty much wrap up today's show uh, starting with our, this day in history fact for you. And we're going back not too far, 2018, uh, January 31st of 2018, James Harden of the Houston Rockets became the first player in NBA history to log a 60-point triple-double. Harden finished with 60 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, not to mention four steals and a block, uh, and a 114-107 to win against the Orlando Magic. Additionally, Harden set the Rockets' franchise record for points in a game, besting Calvin Murphy's 57-point mark, which was set on March 18th of 1978. So a lot of Rockets history and um, incredible stats from not too long ago when James Harden was arguably the you know the one of the best offensive players of the past 10, 15 years, um, the bet one of the best guards in the NBA. Um, he, he's still, of course being an effective player and now he's affecting winning as he has more often than people want to give him credit for, you know, he's affecting winning in a big way in Los Angeles for the Clippers. So yeah, great player, of course. And that takes care of our show again. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with our normal Friday show. We'll have our franchise focus for the Milwaukee bucks this time around. Um, again, a lot to talk about there, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll check in on, you know, the fantasy picture, um, preview the weekend's games, uh, along with, of course, the summaries from uh, Wednesday and Thursday's action. So that's our Friday show. Um, so thanks again, and we'll be back with you then.